Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Antigua and Barbuda told to secure entryways against Russians. CNW Communications provide free mobile calling to Ukraine. United Arab Emirates support Dominican Republic's effort to be regional logistics hub in Central America and Caribbean. CARICOM leaders pledge support for incumbent Commonwealth Secretary General. Regional partners unite to tackle obesity as new global reports show Caribbean ranking high in obesity. And Jamaican-born jazz great Dr. Monty Alexander to mark 50 years of performance at Blues Alley, Washington, D.C. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup from Monday, March 7th. We start a report today in Antigua. Antigua Observer reports that AMID concerns that Russian nationals could be looking for safe havens to escape the scrutiny from the Ukraine invasion. Political analyst Peter Wickham said that it is important for Antigua and Barbuda to secure its entryways. The Citizenship by Investment program allows wealthy foreign nationals to acquire Antigua and Barbuda citizenship, and it includes a due diligence process that has been called into question in recent times. In order to dispel any unwanted Russian interests, Wickham said that it is important for that due diligence process to be as effective as possible. It is possible that As their borders close and the situations get worse, maybe some of them might start to look for citizenship opportunities elsewhere. Last Friday, the country's ambassador to the United States, Sir Ronald Sanders, revealed that Antigua and Barbuda would be complying with international sanctions on Russia, also disclosing that he has requested the most up-to-date U.S. list of sanctions persons and companies to that end. St. Lucia Times reports that CNW Communications is assisting those trying to connect with loved ones in Ukraine by offering free long-distance calling and texts from its Caribbean markets. A CNW Communications release says that the offer is valid for all customers across the company's network in the Caribbean. According to CNW Communications CEO Ing Schmidt, any act of war has devastating outcomes on a country and its people. We know that our customers in the region who have loved ones in the Ukraine, particularly those with children who are students pursuing courses of study, are very concerned about their safety, the CEO noted. Russia launched its attack in the early hours of February 24th from three main directions, north, south, and east. According to the BBC, since then, troops have poured into the Ukraine. Airstrikes and artillery attacks have struck targets across the country. Ukraine's deputy prime minister said Russia was striking civilian targets, including hospitals, nurseries, and schools. And the BBC reported that the World Health Organization has confirmed health facilities are targets. The United Nations has said that at least 350 civilians have died, although the actual numbers are probably considerably higher. The world body has also disclosed that Ukraine has had the fastest refugee crisis since the Second World War, with more than 1.5 million refugees reported to have crossed into neighboring countries in 10 days. On Saturday, international media outlets said that at least 
1,700 international students were trapped in the northeastern Ukrainian city of Sumy as shelling from Russian army continued. In addition, last week, the Jamaican Information Service reported that 20 Jamaican students who arrived safely from the Ukraine would receive professional mental health support. Bahamanews.net reports that the United Arab Emirates is supporting the Dominican Republic's effort to become a regional logistic hub in Central America and the Caribbean, the country's vice president told the Emirates News Service WAM. Raquel Pena made this comment while talking about Dubai-based DP World, a multinational company that facilitates global trade through its ports and terminals, parks, logistics, and economic zones, together with maritime services. DP World has played a very important role for our country by providing world-class intelligent logistics solutions, increasing our competitiveness and the connectivity with other world nations, she said. The second largest company in the Caribbean and a major tourist destination, the Dominican Republic is located between Puerto Rico and Cuba, and it shares the island of Hispaniola with Haiti. In an exclusive interview with Wham on Saturday during her three-day official tour to the United Arab Emirates, Pena added the government headed by President Abner aims to promote the Dominican Republic as a regional logistics hub in Central America and the Caribbean to attract foreign investment and DP World contributes to achieving this goal. DP World is the world's largest Emirati investor in the country and has demonstrated its long-term commitment with its more than 20 years of presence. According to DP World, the company began operations in the Dominican Republic in 2003. Located on the Punta Sierra Peninsula, a strategic place for the redistribution of cargo to the Caribbean, the United States, Central America, and South America. Thanks to this excellent location, we handle more than 60% of the Dominican share, says the company's website. Our port in the Dominican Republic has become one of the most important ports in the Americans' regions and is among the top 15 ports in Latin America. Amongst these facilities is the first logistics center located within the port terminal in the Caribbean region. This park has six fully operational warehouses and has the capacity to meet customers' needs in one place, streamlining custom processes, reducing transportation costs, and representing significant improvements in delivery times, added DP World. Antigua Newsroom reports that the Caribbean community CARICOM leaders have pledged their support for the incumbent Commonwealth Secretary General, Patricia Scotland, for a second term as head of the 54-member grouping. According to the statement issued at the end of CARICOM's intersessional summit last Wednesday, the regional leaders expressed their overwhelming support for the re-election of Baroness Patricia Scotland as Secretary General of the Commonwealth. The Dominican-born Scotland was elected to the post of the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Malta in 2015, and her re-election is scheduled for June this year, when Commonwealth leaders meet in Rwanda. Late last year, Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister Gaston Brown warned the 54-member Commonwealth that it risks being divided over the re-election of Scotland. 
Our Commonwealth family has, until now, held to the tradition of at least two terms for a secretary general and the principle of rotation between regions, Brown noted in a September 14, 2021 letter addressed to all Commonwealth heads of state and government. The Antigua and Barbuda prime minister, who also was then serving as CARICOM secretary general, said it now appears that the separate regions of Africa, Asia, and the Pacific have been or are being encouraged to present candidates in opposition to the current Secretary General. This runs counter to the principle of rotation, which would see Africa assuming the office of Secretary General in 2024, when the Caribbean term would normally come to an end, followed in turn by the Pacific, said Brown in a letter, a copy which was obtained by the Caribbean Media Corporation. In his letter, Prime Minister Brown reiterated the 15-member CARICOM grouping support for Scotland to be given another term in office. Kenya's President Uhuru Kenyatta is reported to have written regional leaders seeking their support for the new candidate being proposed by Kenya. Kenyatta had nominated his cabinet secretary for defense, Maka Juma, for the post. Media reports in Britain said the UK Foreign and Commonwealth Secretary Liz Truss has met with Kenya's foreign minister last year to discuss Yuma's bid. The 54 heads of government had expected to decide Scotland's future at their biannual summit in Rwanda in June last year, but the meeting was postponed because of the novel coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Sinkets and Nevis Director of the Energy Unit in the Ministry of Public Infrastructure, Dr. Bertil Brown, said the government of Sinkets and Nevis is moving towards having 100% renewable energy. The first step is a new solar farm deal. And there is also a wind farm deal on the horizon. Dr. Brown said in an interview at the Energy Unit's office that a power purchase agreement was signed between the Sinkets electricity company and Leech Lunch, a energy company based in Switzerland. The power purchase agreement is for 20 years where they will be selling power to St. Kitts Electricity Company. The solar farm, which will be located in the Bastyr Valley on both sides of the Kim Collins Highway, will span in excess of 100 acres, which would ultimately supply 25% of the total energy used in St. Kitts. St. Kitts and Nevis is in negotiation with a company called Nordstar for a power purchase agreement for a 6.6 megawatt wind farm in Bellevue, which would give 6% of energy demand. Mr. Frank said that the environmental assessment that was done for the wind farm concluded that it would not have any significant impact on the surrounding environment, and in particular, for the birds. Jamaica Information Service reports that Tourism Minister for Jamaica, Edmund Barlett, on Friday, handed over 50 water storage tanks to farmers of the Short Hill St. Elizabeth. The 650 tanks were procured through the Tourism Linkages Network, Division of the Tourism Enhancement Fund, and forms part of a four million three-month training and support initiative for farmers in the area. The storage tanks were connected to new and existing irrigation systems to counteract drought conditions in the farming community in a bid to increase crop yield to better supply the booming tourism industry. 
In his address, Mr. Bartlett pointed out that 42% of expenditures of visitors worldwide is on food. As such, there is a need to be ongoing strengthening of the local tourism and agricultural linkages to meet this demand. Mr. Bartlett said Jamaica earned $2.7 billion from tourism last year and is projected to generate some $3.1 billion this year. That would only be $600 million less than where it was in 2019. So you see the opportunity for agriculture and you must recognize it because as we grow and recover, so we grow with our ability to supply on the demand of tourism, he added. The minister added that we are excited about the prospect of Jamaica now taking a new lease on life on the matter of supplying against the demand for tourism, particularly in agriculture. The Healthy Caribbean Coalition has joined with the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States Commission, the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, the Caribbean Public Health Agency, CARFA, the Pan American Health Organization, the United Nations Children Fund, UNICEF, ERT Medic, ERT Nurse, the Law and Health Research Unit of the University of the West Indies, Cave Hill, and the Rotary District 7030, Rotary International, to highlight the need for robust policies to prevent and treat the crisis of overweight and obesity facing CARICOM countries. The Atlas released on March 4, 2022 by the World Obesity Federation noted that six out of 10 of the countries in the Americas with the highest estimated prevalence of obesity amongst women by 2030 are from the Caribbean with Bermuda topping the list at 48% and St. Vincent and Grenadine at number 10 with 42%. Six Caribbean countries fall into the top 10 list when projecting 2030 child obesity rates from age 5 to 19 years of age. With Barbados and Jamaica at 22%, Bahamas at 23%, and Bermuda 24%, exceeded only by the United States at 25%. In terms of preparedness to tackle obesity and chronic non-communicable diseases, the projections are equally bleak with six Caribbean countries, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Suriname, Belize, Grenada, Guyana, and Haiti, among the top least prepared. Among the top most prepared to tackle obesity and overweight are Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago, and Jamaica. Additionally, St. Lucia and Antigua and Barbuda are projected to have some of the lowest levels of obesity in children and among adults in 2030. Our regional agencies will continue to provide high-level technical support and guidance to member states. Working together, we will encourage our governments under the leadership of our heads of state and government to walk across ministries in unison to implement strong, coherent obesity policies. Caribbean people, including our children, have the right to health-supporting environments, and we can only achieve this by working together, noted Sir Trevor Hassel, president of the Healthy Caribbean Coalition. Jamaica Information Service reports that recently, U.S. Embassy Kingston Program Partners Junior Achievement Jamaica handed over 15 tablets to three institutions as a part of Junior Achievement Jamaica Adopt-A-School program. 
This contribution to the nation's one laptop or tablet per child initiative aimed at promoting inclusivity in Jamaica's education sector and forms part of a broader U.S. Embassy Junior Achievement Jamaica effort to provide 70 tablets to students in need at primary and high school levels. The effort will add value to the Junior Achievement Jamaica student-based activities on work readiness, entrepreneurship, and financial literacy as the island resumes face-to-face -face classes. Today, the U.S. government has contributed over 2,000 tablets to students across the island. And finally, My View News report that Jamaica's international musician, Dr. Monty Alexander, returns for his 50th annual performance to mark his five-decade sojourn at the now-famous Blues Alley Jazz Club in Washington, D.C. The world-renowned Grammy-nominated international musician, Dr. Alexander, is kicking off his 50th anniversary performance at Blues Alley for the first time since the pandemic on Thursday, March 10th. Performances will continue through Sunday, March 13th, with two shows per night at 1073 Wisconsin Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. In commenting on the upcoming performance, the Caribbean musical genius said, it's very hard to comprehend that 50 years later, Blues Alley and I are still rolling along, swinging and grooving and bringing upliftment to the world. For tickets and information, visit www.bluesalley.com forward slash events. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, March 7th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.